down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program this evening. But first, I'm going to be joined by Armin Thomas. He is a um, he is a co-founder of the elections forecasting site Split Ticket. Hi, Armin. Hey, Marcus. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Uh... A lot been lots happened today as to the process and to take in, but it's a good day. Good day. Yeah, no, absolutely. There is. Uh, so I, I was just joking earlier. I, I was asking one of Congressman Keating's staffers if he could come on at some point, you know, soon, right? Because I know they're busy. Yeah. And uh, she said, "Yeah, sure," but he's on the floor for vote number like five now, or vote number four or five now. They're so at they're, <laughs> they're at seven, seven now. now. Yeah, that was in the middle of the day. So. Uh, they're at they're at seven now, so seven votes, and they still do not have a speaker of the house. Um, what is first of all, why don't at least like twenty Republicans? Uh, why don't why aren't twenty Republicans or uh, so refusing to vote for Kevin McCarthy? Well, it's a number of reasons. The first reason is that they're generally speaking th- this group of 20 that you know some called the taliban 20 um generally <laughs> the taliban with, 20 yeah that's that's what one of the moderate republicans called him <laughs> that's incredible um they generally align with the group that's the house freedom caucus you know they're more conservative than the traditional establishment republicans and you know for a number of years now they've you know really had some grievances against the establishment that led to the ouster of the last two Republican leaders, which were uh, Paul Ryan and John Boehner. Both of them left because they just didn't want to deal with, you know, what basically amounts to hurting cats who are trying to rip your face off all the time. Yeah. Um, and so there's that. You know, there's also uh, allegations about, you know, not liking McCarthy personally, whether or not that's because. He's just a sleaze bag, and you know he doesn't really have many backbones or principles. Uh, there's also a very well-known open secret in D.C. political circles that when McCarthy ran for leadership the last time, I forget when it was, but it was 2014 or 15 or something like that, he had had an affair with uh, at the time Congresswoman Renee Elmers, okay. and interesting, this got leaked to the to the press, or not not necessarily the press, but to the wider GOP conference and. 
they uh, did not take it well, and that's why he did not become speaker, and he, you know, is only now the, you know, de facto minority leader. So I think it's a combination of just McCarthy not really commanding a lot of loyalty on his own in the same way that, you know, Nancy Pelosi has done for the Democrats, Mm -hmm. or now Hakeem Jeffries for the Democrats. Um, But also, you know, uh, you know, having the Freedom Caucus in the conference is basically like, you know, and I'm not going to confess to anything because fireworks are illegal in Massachusetts. But if you ever tried to light, you know, uh, Roman candles and stuff with your bare hands, it's like doing that and not necessarily throwing it away from you when the string is lit. You know, things could go really south really quickly if you're not careful. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but so the does this you talked about you know how they're not as loyal I, kevin mccarthy i think was i think it was kind of embarrassing for him when boehner left he was naturally and eric Cantor had gotten primaried at the time right so uh mccarthy was the natural like obviously he was going to be the speaker but then they ended up just going with paul ryan they're like no let's just give it to paul ryan because people just know who he is because he just ran for vice president um but you know, to 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 the point of their loyalties to Pelosi or Jeffries or to leadership in general, is it you know what is does it speak to like sort of the ideological divisions in the Republican Party and how disparate those are versus the Democrats? Yeah, so I, I think the there's actually a, a decent deal of that ideological diversity in the GOP that isn't really true in the Democratic Party anymore. Like, everybody in the Democratic Party, you know, the debates aren't exactly about what to do, but rather how much of that thing you want to do is. That's, and, yes. you know, like, whether it's Medicare exactly for all, or guns, or, you know, infrastructure, or whatever. Whereas in the GOP, you know, you have more traditional moderates, you have, you know, Reaganite, you know, conservatives, you have a couple libertarian people, you have this ascendant wing of, you know, MAGA conservatives that, you know, really should be termed, you know, proto-fascist. Um, <laughs> you know, so, and, and the thing is, right, the animating principle for uh, the GOP is just disliking anything the Democrats do and just, you know, uni- universally polarizing against that. Yeah. But the Democrats are impotent now. They don't have the majority. Um, and so... With that, you know, kind of drive taken out of them, you know, what's left is just their own internal desires to uh, just squabble with each other. And if you have these 20, right, and, you know, Matt Gates is one of them, and he is, you know, very much said, you know, I don't care what you do. I am not going to vote for Kevin McCarthy. And uh, it's just intransigent, right, you know. Because politics is all about you give people things in order to get things from them. Yeah. Unless you're dealing with what John Boehner called legislative terrorists, um, which is <laughs> yeah. what he referred to the Freedom Caucus as. Yeah. So a- after a certain point when you have a bunch of legislative terrorists in your caucus, uh, <laughs> you're kind of in a bind. So one of the theories the Republicans are trying to do is that they're thinking about lowering the threshold for becoming speaker from winning a majority, which is 218, to just plurality. Um, because they are basically going to try and force the hands of these, these Freedom Caucus people to say, 
All right, it's plurality, and Hakeem Jeffries has won the last seven ballots. Uh, if you don't vote for Kevin McCarthy, we're going to have a Democrat as speaker. Wait, and so so can they just do that? Can they just say we're going to? Can so they? They have to vote on it. They have to. The whole House has to vote on it, and they need a majority of the whole House to agree to that, which would be all the Republicans and all. And the problem with that is, uh, again, the Freedom Caucus are being very intransigent right now. They're actually having a vote on whether or not to adjourn um, the to adjourn so that they can do internal deliberating. And right now, <laughs> it seems everybody has voted it along partisan lines. All the Democrats are voting against adjourning, and all the Republicans are voting for it. So I guess they're going to try and figure this out, but... Um, yeah, who the heck knows? I mean, well, they're voting they against the. I, I can see why the Democrats are voting against the journeying because they want oh, this. They, cir- want, they want the I, circus. They just want to keep the circus going. Yeah, yeah. The longer this is in the news, um, the worse this makes the GOP look. Right? We already just came off of a midterm where voters had really, you know, serious issues with how the GOP wields power. You know, mm-hmm. in terms of election denying and being crazy about abortion and you know, supporting MAGA candidates in all sorts of insane ways. And now the, uh, uh, the very, and, and the very, and the very thing they did the last time they had power, right. was January 6th and you know, the insurrection. And I don't know about you, but I was up till three o'clock in the morning that day. I mean, I had homework and stuff, but I was up on C-SPAN watching the stupid asinine electoral count that I never have ever seen in my life. I did that too. I was uh, <laughs> I, I was uh, when after after January sixth, I, I was watching that. I was like, I, I I thought we just did this whole like who has more electoral votes thing on on in November. <laughs> yeah, it was. It yeah, was, exactly. I was like, okay, let's be sure this time. I'm gonna watch. Yeah. Uh, um. So that was the last time they had power, and now the first time they have power again, what do they do? They try to you know rip each other's heads off, you know, because they can't even like their own speaker. So. Is Ke- is Kevin McCarthy? So if they if they were to vote, a majority of majority of the House would have to vote to uh, that that plurality rule. So the Democrats would be inclined to jump on that because that could be a way to get Hakeem Jeffries to become Speaker, right? Yes, you see. Now this is where it gets really interesting and important that they have to play the game through right because if all the Republicans think, you know, do I want a Democrat? Or do I want a Republican as speaker? They're all going to vote for the Republican because that's just what I said. You know, in terms of like the Maslow's hierarchy of how uh, the GOP partisan brain is organized, the first thing is be the opposite of what the Democrats want. The second is be the opposite of what the other rhinos want. And the rhinos are whoever they think are not the Republicans. Um, And so right now it's still very much a contest of – McCarthy versus the Democrats rather than Republican versus the Democrats. And McCarthy is a very weak candidate. If McCarthy is the Republican candidate versus the Democratic candidate in a House that's majority Republican, you know, could you imagine, you know, Paul Gosar and Matt Gates and all of these other types of people voting for uh, uh, Hakeem Jeffries as speaker? Or, you know, basically allowing that to happen, I, I would be extremely, extremely skeptical of that. Yeah, but if they just, I mean, here's here's the thing, like we're, we're saying, they're using, John Boehner's used the term uh, terrorists, and 
uh, I guess some some of the current their current constituents are calling them the Taliban. Uh, that would suggest an inclination to want to blow things up, right? So would they, you know, is there... Well, so that's the thing, right, is Matt Gates said, I don't care if Hakeem Jeffries becomes speaker. I'm not voting for Kevin McCarthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think it's very much an, a member-by-member thing. You know, they, uh, the House GOP is going to take all of tonight to talk to, you know, each of the individual members, see what they want, and try to win over any concessions uh, to try to get them to join the McCarthy fold. Um, and we'll see how it goes tomorrow when they try this. Right now, I mean, there's one Republican who voted against adjourning. Uh, you know, I'm on C-SPAN right now. Uh, but, so I think they, they, they should end up adjourning. Uh, we'll see. Um, but... There, there, yeah, is, there is no universe in which another Republican becomes speaker, right? I mean, that I would, hi- I would highly doubt it. I mean, well, so the thing is, in theory it is, but Kevin McCarthy is like, he, he's basically, you know, got himself at the very front of the pack here. Yeah. You know, the, the reason we're in this situation is because he has his ego about wanting to be speaker, right? If he stepped aside... Uh, you know, everybody would have probably been able to come together and figure out who it is. Actually, maybe they wouldn't have, but maybe they would. I just because like because people are saying Steve Scalise, who who spoke at a uh, in front of an organization that was founded by David Duke. And okay, that's true, but you have to remember these are Republican congressmen we're talking about, but not the whole house, <laughs> but, right? Y- y- so yeah, <laughs> but but um, but the problem is like. There's a there's a non-zero amount of Republicans like let's let's put it, for example, like the four or five Republicans that just got elected in New York that want to keep their jobs. And you're basically, you know, oh, yeah. you're going to force the- Cito and uh, the the guy that calls himself. George Santos, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. they, they can't be seen voting for crackpots like that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good point. So um, <laughs> we're. uh <laughs> Wait, can they, and I wait. have to say the guy that calls himself George Santos because we don't know if that's his real name or not. Well, no, I mean he's a he's a scofflaw. He's now wanted in Brazil for for um, for check fraud. <laughs> really incredible. Well, he and Jezebel Correa should hang out. He, they might uh, up in up in Concord at some point. Uh, so so um, so we're speaking with Armin Thomas. He's an election mapper. He works for Split Ticket dot org. You guys did a pretty good job actually forecasting the midterms. Right? Yeah, we had a good cycle. Yeah. I, I think we came out of it looking pretty good. So, so Armin, um, so if so, is there a scenario in which this has been talked about? It seems a little galaxy-brained, but at the same time, um, is there a scenario in which Kevin McCarthy reaches out to Democrats, enough Democrats, to maybe some blue dogs to try to get him to become speaker, but would have to make some major concessions as to maybe some so chairmanships. That's another option that that is 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 currently, I think, being back channeled. Yeah. Um, and I, the thing is, I don't think the Democrats would ever allow Kevin McCarthy to get be speaker with their own votes. It would have to be someone more moderate, like you know Brian Fitzpatrick or Don Bacon or something. It would it would be like one of those Alaska style coalitions, you know, where Democrats would get 
majorities and certain committees, mm-hmm. and they'd have to have certain agreements about what kind of bills can come to the floor. And obviously, they'd stipulate that no stupid investigations about Hunter yeah, Biden. The Hunter Biden laptop guy. committee, the Hunter Biden crack pipe committee, the Hunter Biden nude photos committee, all those committees would probably not go forward. Yeah. There's a crack pipe committee? There will be at some point, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, yeah, so basically they'll have to set some ground rules, and the GOP is desperate, but again, you know, with these guys, partisanship is really, really, uh, you know, it's really, really strong, and I don't think you can say that they're willing to overlook that just quite yet. You know, the desperation has to run really, really deep. What does um, what does it say about President Trump's hold on the the twenty or so, like you said, ascendant like MAGA Republicans? What does it say that they're not listening to him when he says you have to, you know, basically please go uh, elect? Kevin McCarthy as speaker. What does it say about his holdover over not just not them, those congressmen, but more importantly, their constituents? Because that you know they've got to get reelected in two oh, years. I don't think constituents give a crap about this. This is all arcane legislative procedure. Um, you know, wait, are they not adjourning? Oh my god, they're still not adjourning. <laughs> they might not be. This is hilarious. Um, I think that with a speaker vote, the average person isn't going to pay too much attention to this, you know. Yeah, right. You know, six, seven, eight votes. I mean, you and I ourselves, you know, we're following this and we don't fully understand it, right? Yeah. So, and I think with Trump, it's not really a question of ideology or whatever. I mean, so much of this stuff is about backslapping and personal loyalty stuff that McCarthy has evidently pissed off 20 of these guys in a really big, major way. Yeah, of course. Um, So... But who, I mean, who's, honestly, who's been, but, but but here's what's striking to me. McCarthy, obviously, like you said, he's pissed off a bunch of Republicans. He's been in leadership for a long time. So you don't do that without really getting on people's skin, having to probably do some pretty crappy things to people. But who's honestly been more brutal to the ideological flanks of their party than Hakeem Jeffries? He has been unabashedly, I think, hostile to to the progressive wing of his, uh, of the uh, of the of the Democratic caucus, I remember at one point he referred to them as the mob, and it's still it's striking to me that they're still steadfastly, you know, behind him to to be speaker. I, I guess it speaks to maybe their ability to compromise. So I, I think that speaks to one. Hakeem Jeffries has kind of been on the down low, mending a lot of those fences, and you know, patching up relationships where he can. Um, second of all, right, I said the Democratic Party is a lot less internally divided than the GOP is. And, you know, like you have the squad, you know, as, as we call the, the, the group of young progressives that, you know, is recently become ascendant. But they generally, you know, while they will, you know, make strong stands, they'll make concessions, they are much more willing to work, at, you know, things out behind closed doors mm-hmm. than the Freedom Caucus is. Uh, whereas the Freedom Caucus are actually legislative terrorists who are, you know, basically uh, putting, you know, sticks of dynamite under somebody's train out in the open. The, the Freedom, the, right now. the Freedom Caucus that was founded basically by the Tea Party, right? They're in the. Yeah, um, and these are the original guys that pushed out uh, Boehner for being too not conservative enough. Then they pushed out Ryan for not being conservative enough. 
So when Donald Trump says vote for Kevin McCarthy, it's like these guys are the true believers. You know, they haven't really been into it because of Trump. They, you know, their commitment yeah. to the cause predates Trump. And they're, so they're, Trump yeah, says, right. oh, don't do that. They're going to say, oh, who gives a crap? Fuck you. Um, oh, I... Let's take a break. I'll be right back. Listen to us live. And that was Armin Thomas from Split Ticket. The call fell off. We had to take a break. So I went to commercial. I don't know. I have to figure out the technical stuff sometimes. But um, it's a good uh, website, split-ticket.org. And uh, looking forward to speaking with Armin in the future. But this whole scenario with the, the House um, Republicans refusing basically... Uh, or, you know, an, an, a significant amount of House Republicans refusing to seat Kevin McCarthy, I think is a major embarrassment for, and they've got a slim, they've got a, so if the Democrats have 212 seats, you need 218 to have a majority. It's only a seat, six seat difference, right? So I think that's, um, I think that's, you know, a lot of people looking at this are it doesn't bode well for their for their chances of keeping that majority or expanding it in, in 2024 good evening you're live yeah pretty sure that what's going on the last two days is not really going to have any effect on 2024 marcus i'm not sure why you would think that you don't you don't think so People can't remember what happened yesterday. Yeah, good point. But um, that's a good point. I mean, you know, listen, if a schism um, erupts over the next two years, and sure, but I mean, what's well, going that, on that, right that's now, the thing. Be- isn't, isn't this indicative of uh, you know a pretty divided party? Like, if you can't even get this right, how uh, are they going to operate as a legitimate governing party if they can't even get to the point where they have um, a you know? have a speaker and chairmanships and people that are supposed to govern. Like they can't even get to that point now and it's taking them a while to do that. So it doesn't bode well for them. It's definitely a delay. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, if it, if it, it's sure, if it lasts, um, you know, halfway through the session, I I think it could be somewhat dooming, but what, you know, we, we hear the reporting. What's your take on what are the actual concessions that have been made, have been asked for and, do they just, is this just an intransient bunch of 20 or so that are anybody but McCarthy? So, um, the, uh, the, the, the one, I know one of the concessions that, that, that McCarthy made is getting rid of, uh, there was a rule that, that I think five members of Congress could basically present a motion to kick out the speaker if the, you know, if the house yeah, was remove the speaker. Yeah. yeah, that's the one concession I know that they made because that was a rule Nancy Pelosi basically, um, the, that Nancy Pelosi Pelosi basically got rid of. So um, I think that's you know that's the one concession I know they made, and you know they also want I guess a border bill, and I don't know what a like they said a border bill. I guess I don't know if that's the wall or that's more border patrol right. agents or that's like you know every you know we've got a. Uh, dump boiling but, water I mean, on every what, I mean, immigrant that comes across what, what, the border. What, how could you? How could you make a concession? You would have to make a statement, or would you have to propose a rule change? I mean, I mean you know what I mean? Like a uh, well, rule I, change is a rule change. If you remember uh, when Nancy Pelosi took over, she she introduced a bunch of rule changes. Yeah, including uh, one that one. Them, one of them ended. We and one of them ended debate in a in a way that. Um, 
wouldn't let a, 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 a subcommittee or a committee. Um, yeah, I'm not, I, I can't get into the weeds because I didn't understand it, but it was, it was a very partisan kind of rule. And she had the power and she did it. And there was no yeah. opposition. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be pushback with a, a smaller majority if they ever do get a speaker. Um, I'm just wondering, is there any concession McCarthy can make, do you think? Or, or is he, he's just, they're going to have to pick another uh, candidate. I, again, I, I think every, I think both sides are like steadfastly committed. Um, both the 202 Republicans and the Kevin McCarthy himself and the 20 uh, Republicans. I, I just think Kevin McCarthy's, it's it's difficult to imagine Kevin McCarthy losing enough support to, to not be speaker. It, it's, it seems hard. And then now they're proposing this guy, Donald from Florida, who just got elected to Congress six years ago. I think he's competent enough to have that job at this point, having only six, six or seven years in Congress. Like, does he, he doesn't even have a chair. I don't even think he has a chairmanship. He hasn't even chaired a committee. And now he wants to be, and now right. people are saying he should be the speaker of the house. That's, I mean, at least Paul, at least Paul Ryan chaired the ways and means committee before he became speaker. It's, it's not in terms of, uh, yeah, in terms of uh, resume. Did now, did you listen at all to, uh, Howie Carr show? Those, uh, analysis of I, no, I, I didn't get on. to. I, so I didn't get to hear. Um, I listened to Howie on the way in. I didn't get to hear him today talk uh, about this um, at length. Well, one of the things was just that the, the speaker's job is really to raise money, you know, to, <laughs> to put it in a nutshell, right? But, but the committee job that Jordan wanted, uh, the uh, government oversight committee, I believe, he's got an agenda that. That those folks want him to have, and even though he endorsed that the uh, the intransigent Republicans want him to go after, you know, obviously the Hunter Biden laptop, yeah, uh, the FBI, the DOJ, etc. Yeah, um, but even he endorsed McCarthy. And but the point right. was, McCarthy. Uh, I'm sorry, um, Jordan doesn't want to be in the speaker's position because it's. There's a lot of ceremony to it and a lot of fundraising. That's a, that's to it. a real no, gritty, but, but hold on. The speaker, part of it. the speaker, the speaker of the house is a real job. You, you you've got to no. You, I mean, fundraising is oh, no, a big. What I mean, I, I didn't mean to belittle the speaker's job, but the speaker's job is puts pressure on those committee guys, but they don't get to ask the questions. They they do really need to raise money. They they spend more time raising money. I think right. Yeah, but they, they, I mean, it's a... That was the analysis, whether you, whether it's true or not, I don't know. I, I don't know. what I, they were saying on the Howie show. I think that's, you, you've got to, I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how true that is. I think you've got to probably be meeting with chairs, meeting with the, you know, meeting with the, the meeting with the presidents, right? I, I, I think there's probably a lot more to it than, ju- you've got to know, you know, you've got to be able to count votes. I think there's a lot more to it than just raising money. Raising money is a big part of it, uh, obviously. You know, Nancy Pelosi was a very active fundraiser. Was Paul Ryan? But well, why would like, so? Why would Jordan um, not want the speakership if, if he was being his name was being thrown around? Because he doesn't he want the job. Because he doesn't want the he doesn't want the job. Maybe it's too much. But he, but he really wants the. the, the Oversight. oversight. You know why? Because the oversight committee, he's going to be the face of, for the Republicans, he's going to be the face of basically going after Joe Biden. And that's probably. Right. All that publicity that comes with that. It's great for, it's great for him and the people he needs to appeal for to do that. If he's chair of the, it's kind of like how Adam Schiff was like a big hero for the Democrats, right? No one knew who Adam Schiff was before Donald Trump got uh got uh only people like you and me knew who adam schiff was right before donald trump got elected <laughs> hey, let me ask you this just that I, I i agree with uh, what you're saying 
um, even though we look at things from different sides. Do you think, do you think, uh, have you been paying attention to the Twitter dumps? Do you think Schiff's office uh, and communicado with uh, Twitter is, uh, is of concern? I mean, I think as chair of the House Intelligence Committee, I think a lot of those social media companies probably do have a good relationship with intelligence agencies in general. Um, because there's probably a lot of information shared that the intelligence agencies intelligence agencies want to be privy to. Anytime you've got a forum where you've got a few million or billion people communicating all of the time, it seems pretty. Yeah, but how about squashing the stories, suggesting you know accounts to be canceled? Well, I think that the 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 government name of security, right? They also worked with. I mean, they worked with the right. They they worked with the federal. Like a lot of that Twitter file stuff, I think also hinges on. The assumption that the 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 federal government was run by Joe Biden in 2020, which it wasn't, and I know that the Trump administration and the Trump campaign. Oh yeah, no, there's Trump State, Trump DOJ. They yeah, were all they were, they were all, all reaching out to these him. companies, but but Schiff was kind of unique in, in that his, you know, as an elected official, it, it, but also given his prominent role in which he he stood up and said over and over again that he had evidence that Trump colluded with the Russians, even though. The sworn testimony the lady got released yeah. showed that that was disputed in, in front of his committee, and he he really did. I mean, so I, I just say it out loud. Ship ship wide. Oh, he and, did. No, I I, and, I agree. And, yeah. And and so anyway, but I'm just wondering if so when you get a Jordan in there, whoever now, who knows what's going to happen. You know, turnabout's going to be some, some interesting fair play of uh, asking questions. I you know. I, I think it's a, I think it's going to be a great news story. I hope I hope you and I can talk about it uh, if and when they ever do uh, game <laughs> if they do uh, game, game control of the oversight committee because that grandstanding will be at least as uh, as um, entertaining at least for me. I think it will be at least as important as the um, as the oversight that happened when you know when the uh, when the Democrats had control of. Of the house, yeah, I know there was some. I, the, the, I think that it, it will be um, Jim Jordan. I don't know how much they care though, but Jim Jordan, I know was it's it's a fact that he was in contact with President Trump um, on January sixth. So I, I don't know if they necessarily want that. To, I mean, Jim Jordan wants it, so I'm I'm sure if Jim Jordan's backing Kevin McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy has promised him something that he wants, yeah, right. Right? right? So I'm sure he's going to get it anyway. But yeah, it'll obviously be entertaining. I mean, the, the January 6th committee... He'll roll up his shirt sleeve. The January 6th committee was, was entertaining. You know, the story about how he threw a hamburger on the wall and the ketchup dripped down the wall. You know, that's all... You, that's, know, you, know, how you, know, you know how I knew it was entertaining? What Didn't they hire the uh, ABC Entertainment um, producer to... To, to, to make the uh, the videos that they showed, I, I don't, I don't, d- oh, I don't doubt that they did because that's, I mean, the it thing was, is, it was entertainment. It, it really was. It wasn't, it wasn't oversight or it wasn't. Well, um, well, I, I, I think. I mean, I, I would just, just. I'm going to push back on that a little bit because yeah. here's here's what I think. Like politics is really like. It is a messaging to 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 voters and people that you want to vote for you. It is really a marketing game, right? You really have to know how to market yourself. So, getting a consultant from a television company and a very very successful one, right? One of the most successful television television companies in the world. I think that would is probably a pretty smart play. So they they put something together in a way that they that uh, that would really grip 
um, you know, the, the the people that are watching it. So I I, I think that's yeah, I, mean, I you, think that's you valid. Could, you couldn't you couldn't have done any better with uh, Roger Ailes started you Fox. Get, get, you know, Roger Ailes, or, or if you go back a little farther in time, uh, we have you know uh, Garbles, right? You know, you, you come up with the, what, what you think is gonna what is gonna you know Garbles, you huh? come up with you come up with the images with no no back <laughs> with no no with, you know with no um, back uh, you, you no. You couldn't help yourself but get to a Hitler reference. <laughs> Listen, if, if anybody was was the, on the losing end of the uh, the Nazi uh, monikers, it, it was conservatives during Donald Trump's time. Not, uh, not you know, I mean, I, I don't want to get too, too 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 deep into it, but I think that committee w- would have done a nicer job if they had been a little fairer minded and, and asked some questions like, how exactly. Was security breached? Like, what, wouldn't you think that the the people would have been able to spray, uh, you know, tear gas and pepper spray, and and ultimately shoot people before they were were able to gain entrance? Like, we kind of expect to see the government to be secure, and a stupid mob should never be able to gain access. I would have thought that would have been kind of important, it, as in as entertaining as Donald Trump. You know, yeah, that just does it. It's not in service. The, the Secret Service driver. Yeah, it's not in service to 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 the message. A, the message they wanted. A, you know, throwing a tomato ketchup. Uh, you know, against the wall. It's not in service like. to the ultimate goal, which was to make Donald Trump look bad, which he does right. anyway. I mean, he he also made himself look bad by by really yeah, participating in it. They wasn't even necessary, right? <laughs> he, he's accomplished that for you all on his own. Hey, but so. But that is the uh, that's the entertainment value of our of our government. I, ha- yeah. I have a one quick question before you let me go, Marcus. Sure. Thanks for the time. How much was the um, the new governor's more Haley's? How much was her pay raise? Do you know? Oh, Barry has an article on it on wbsm.com. dot com. I, I can, haven't read it. I, yeah. yeah, I have to check. It's I have to check it. Though, right. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to check. I don't know how much. Uh, I don't know how much it was, but you know, it's a tough job. If she gets paid pretty decently for it, I think that's fine. Um, how about the? Uh, was there an aggregate for New Bedford uh, pay raises that they? Was there an aggregate like a percentage, average percentage for the people who got raises that the city council um, approved? You know, I mean, I just wonder what the kind of a number was because we had eight percent inflation last year, so. You can understand yeah. some some of it. I'm just some of it seems a little excessive, and yeah, you know, so I, I know a lot of town uh, municipal employees. Do, it, for, for instance, your division in Fairhaven. Well, how much do those people get raised? And and, and I know some other towns where basically they're saying we're we're putting a freeze on everything. We had to agree to a union contract, but yeah, it's a little different. Listen, I, I gotta I gotta I gotta hold you there because um, right. I, I gotta I gotta hit this break. But, uh, yeah, I don't know how much uh, Healy's – I'll have to check it out. I know Barry had an article up. I'll have to check it out how much her pay raise was. But, again, tough job. Uh, Probably not something that's – she's probably getting underpaid, whatever it is, honestly, because that's, you know, you're being the top executive in the Commonwealth, running an entire state of, you know, 7 million people. That's that's, that's – Probably deserve a decent pay for that, honestly. All right, I got to take a break. 1420 WBSM is now also on 99.5 FM. Why? Why do we ignore the things that give us pause, that seem out of place, that don't feel right? The answer to why defines who we are. So if you see something, why do you say something? I see safe for my friends, for my community, for my family, for each other. Because all of this matters. We all have something worth protecting. 
So why do you CSA? Report suspicious activity to local authorities. If you see something, say something. When it feels like the world has stopped, good finds a way. Good is happening, even now. Good connects us, even when we can't get close. Good never stops, and neither does Children International. With support from caring friends, we help provide children and families with the critical essentials they need. like food assistance, hygiene education, medical help, and financial support. To learn more, go to children.org slash help today. Together, we can help end poverty for good. Hi, I'm Dr. Gordon Christensen, and if you're a dentist as I am, or you know a dentist, please take a moment to listen. When I became a dentist, I learned how quickly poor oral health can lead to other serious health problems. And for people without access to care, these problems can spiral very quickly. I wanted to help. But I wasn't sure how I could until I joined Dental Lifeline Network. It's a nonprofit that has helped us literally change the lives of people in our communities. DLN asked dentists to volunteer to see just one of the many patients in need in your area. It's very simple. DLN screens those in need and coordinates an initial appointment that takes place in the comfort of the dentist's own office and on their schedule. Right now, there's a wait list for patients in need in your community. I'm asking fellow dentists who will join me in seeing one patient per year. Learn more about Dental Lifeline Network at willyouc1.org. That's willyouc1.org. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. We leave no warrior behind. Wounded Warrior Project is a nonprofit organization created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war. Whether those scars are physical or mental, we're here to make sure that they heal. And whether it's helping those with post-traumatic stress disorder live a normal life again or giving much-needed support to injured warriors and veterans' hospitals. Because no one deserves our help more than the men and women who risk their lives to keep us safe. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. Is your twi- Why? Why do we ignore the things that give us pause, that seem out of place, that don't feel right? The answer to why defines who we are. So if you see something, why do you say something? I see safe for my friends. For my community. For my family. For each other. Because all of this matters. We all have something worth protecting. So why do you see safe? Report suspicious activity to local authorities. If you see something, say something. Get breaking news alerts, stream audio, send us text messages, and get live traffic and weather updates all on the WBSM app. Download it now from your app store or at WBSM.com. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus Farrow. This is South Coast Tonight. Chris McCarthy will be back with me on Friday, but I'm here 
with you and taking your calls at 508-996-0500. That's how you can get on the program this evening. Uh, we're also taking your messages on the WBSM app chat. We had some app chat messages earlier in the show about the pay raise issue and the city council, uh, you know, city council president Morad and her comments on uh, Mitchell's, uh, her and Mitchell's uh, quote unquote strained uh, relationship. Uh, and uh, we got a nap chat message now from, uh, firefighter Anthony, who said he wanted to applaud you, uh, applaud my eight o'clock guest. It's Armin Thomas from Split Ticket on agreeing that fireworks in Massachusetts are illegal. Uh, are illegal. They're also dangerous and are best left in the hands of professionals. So, um, I, you know, I have Anthony on for the fire safety segment. Uh, it's always a very good and informative segment that I know our listeners love, and uh, I appreciate that, Anthony. Uh, thank you. So. Uh, 508-996-0500. By the way, I just got a text from Ward 1 City Council, Brad Markey. He said uh, he will be able to join me tomorrow to talk about the pay raise issue. So um, we're going to work that out with him tomorrow. Hopefully he can chat with me, but he said he's he's looking forward to talking about the pay raise uh, issue. So that, uh, that'll be good. So 508-996-0500. Uh, I know a lot of people have been tracking that. Obviously, we're, we're getting a lot of interest uh, in it. You know, interest in the sense that people are wondering why it happened. Uh, and I've heard calls during the day, during the day shows with Tim and, and Barry and and, uh, and Phil. And I've heard, I've heard calls, uh, you know, on Jess's show and, and Ken's show. And, uh, you know, I'm hearing calls tonight and hearing calls every night that I've been on since this has really hit the um hit the you know really hit the press so so i'm looking forward to chat with brad tomorrow but i'm here with you till 10 i'm here with you till 10 we're taking your calls uh, i do love this kevin mccarthy story so much um not you know not because it's you know republicans partly because of that right because republicans you know basically in a position where they are supposed to have their hands on a uh, the levers of power in one chamber in Congress, and they are flailing around, uh, you know, they're flailing around in a pu- very public and, you know, humiliating way. And, but I think it's, it's just very interesting. This is the first time in over a hundred years that, um, first time in over a hundred years that, uh, that this has happened. So, um, really, uh, historic stuff really historic stuff but not everything historic is good so 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program take a break welcome back let's go to the phones good evening you're live hey marcus how are you good marcus i noticed we're coming to the end of the hour i don't know if you, I, I think i maybe rather wait till the end of the hour to come back you want to come back in the nine o'clock hour that's fine with me yeah i think so all right cool sounds good we'll talk then and keep me on hold. All right. Sounds good. We'll do that. Thank you. Uh, that's cool. I didn't know I knew how to do that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we are actually nearing the end of the... Um, we are actually nearing the end of the uh, 8 o'clock hour going into the 9 o'clock hour, which, again, I'm here till 10 every night. And we're taking your calls as well at 508-996-0500 if you want to call in in the 9 o'clock hour. That's fine with me. You want a message on the WBSM app chat? That's also great, too. And, again, uh, Brad Markey re- reached out to me. He said he's going to be on. He's we're, We can chat tomorrow, he, is what he said about the um, about the pay raise issue. So um, 
we're uh, we're looking forward to that. And I, you know, I want to continue the conversation that's happening. You know, about what's happening in in DC. About you know, will Kevin McCarthy be the speaker? It's been seven ballots so far. This is unprecedented, and you know how it's going to shape how the this new you know new and slim Republican majority is going to govern going forward. I don't think it bodes well uh, if this is um, how it's if this is how they're going to start their term, their two year term. I think you're, you know, and it's only a six seat, uh, what, a six seat majority. I think this, if this is how how you're going to end your term, I, I think you, you, you know they're going to be hard pressed to um, to present a front, uh, a governing front in Congress that looks competent. And you know the fact of the matter is they probably should have won by uh, they probably should have won that house majority based on you know historic precedents right and the way things are they should have won by a lot more and they didn't so i think it shows how a lot of people have already soured on the republican party and they're going to be in dire straits and i think a lot of those people that have soured on the republican party I think a lot of them look like they've been proven right. Lauren Boebert, for example, barely won her seat in Colorado. Barely. I mean, it took it took weeks to figure that out. She won by you know the slimmest of the slimmest of majority uh, the slimmest of majorities, and now she's one of the faces of the opposition to Kevin McCarthy and all of this you know all of this chaos that's happening. How's that? How is that going to affect her election next go around in the Colorado Third District, where Democrats weren't even counting on winning? But now they they found I think it's a Boulder City Councilor um, that uh, what's his name Frist, who obviously is going to spend the next couple of years raising some money and trying that again. And you know is that going is is what's happening here going to determine or what how she you know how she carries herself going forward going to determine how you know whether or not she holds on to that seat. We'll find out. All right, stay tuned if you're on the line.